Hi, and welcome to the Indie Music Podcast, the podcast for independent musicians and other audio professionals. We're your hosts. I'm Matt Denton, also known as Mojo of Ragged Birds Music. I'm a Bay Area mix engineer and recording artist. And Douglas Reynolds of Resonance Mastering, a mastering engineer in Bloomington, Illinois. Welcome to Indie Music Podcast, episode 247, Black Friday Aftermath. Tonight, Matt and Doug get together and talk about Black Friday. They discuss some history of Black Friday, their strategies for navigation of the deals, and avoiding PAS, Plug-in Acquisition Syndrome. Enjoy the show. <laughs> hey. What do you mean I'm not here? I'm right here. <laughs> Good morning. My waveform looks so weird. Yeah, I always think that the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My waves are kind of bulging in the middle, you know. <laughs> I got to use a compressor to <laughs> tone those peaks. Oh, my God. How was your Thanksgiving, man? Oh, it was great. Yeah. Hosted dinner for family and extended family. Oh, yeah. You mentioned you had a bunch of people. Yeah, I had like 20-something people over. Whew, that's a lot. I think we had eight, seven or eight, seven. Yeah. Went through a couple turkeys, a huge thing of mashed potatoes. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we just, uh, it, we didn't even have any countertop space. There was. Yeah, I imagine. Everybody brought food and. Was it a good time? It was a good time. Good. Yep. That's the important part. We were very tired by the. I end. had to be reminded that the, the, <laughs> it's not about the food prep. It's about the enjoyment of the food once it's fixed. And if it doesn't all come out the same at the same time. You know, that's okay. It's still a nice dinner. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a... I did the turkeys on the smoker, and... Oh, yeah, how's it come out? of your hands. It's all... It's done when it's done, and... Right. And you don't really have a whole lot of control over that, other than, you know, if you want to raise the temperature, but then, you know, I mean, that's... So, I started at 5.30 a.m. and cooked, uh, what, about 25 pounds of turkey... Ooh. And 10 hours later, it was ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That was like 3.30, right? Yeah. And then out and resting and stuff like that. We had people start coming over at 4. And I think we were, we were eating by 5. That sounds like it was well-timed. Yeah, it worked out. I have, I always, every year I have oven-spaced contention. So I, um, I got to make a list of what goes in the oven when. And last year... Uh, I started a new tradition of cooking a turkey the day before and, you know, getting all the meat off and, and then just reheating it with some chicken stock in the oven and it, it just tastes the same <laughs> <laughs> and saves me a whole bunch of stress. Yeah. We were having a little bit of a dilemma with the stuffing and mm. I was like, just relax. I'm putting it on the smoker. <laughs> and I cranked up the smoker, you know, to 375 and cooked a huge thing, you know. Oh, you smoked the stuffing. Yeah, well, you cover it up and it doesn't smoke. But oh, we, I see. We could have, but I didn't. And, you know, and we were on schedule. So. Because we were having a conflict with the pie versus stuffing. Got it. And we were like, you know, pie wins. So. Yeah, pie wins. Now, pie <laughs> is another thing that you can bake ahead of time. You can bake it the day before or the morning of and not have to. Yeah. Worry about, you know, I get hung up with things like the rolls, like, oh, they must be warm when they come out of the oven before you serve them. And then when you put them in, and, you know, <laughs> there's stuff that you can just make ahead of time and, and then reheat. And then, yeah. Well, we make our, we make our crusts the night before and let it sit in the refrigerator and 
and relax, you know, for the gluten. Yeah. Because uh, you don't want to have like, you know, active, angry gluten when you're making your pie. It <laughs> no, you know, messes you don't. with you, man. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so, yeah, anyway, uh, I got that out, bring it up to room temperature and make up our pie crust and stuff and get it filled and baked it. And then it sat out for an hour before we were serving dinner. So by the time we uh, ate, you know, that was two hours out of the oven. Yeah. Still I just warm. get my pie from Costco because they make awesome pies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Save me the trouble. My son and I have been baking a pie every year since he oh, was nice. about three years old. And cool. uh, so it's our thing. Traditions are good. Yeah. And uh, on the flip side of that, traditions uh, are also meant to evolve. And yeah. uh, you don't have to stick to something just because it's been that way every time. Maybe it's time for a new tradition. Yeah, you like Black I mean? Friday, for example. <laughs> like Black Friday, yes. <laughs> oh, Black Friday, which was yesterday. Um, can I take a moment to define Black Friday for our listeners? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's a relatively new tradition in the modern sense. So Black Friday, which I used to think sounds like, you know, Sunday, Bloody Sunday or something, you know, it sounds like, oh, it's a terrible, <laughs> and some people think it's a terrible day. But the, the idea was, in the United States, um, the day after Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is always a Thursday, the day after Thanksgiving somehow kicks off the traditional Christmas shopping season. And I think it's because families were home and they would go shopping together. And I don't know how you shop for family members, with your family members, but um, it became kind of traditionally, from a retail standpoint, the, the day that retailers would be put into the black, meaning that they would make a lot of their profits up, even if they had a marginal year, because they would sell so much stuff starting the day after Thanksgiving. And then it became Black Friday sales, and then it became Black Friday week, and now I start to get Black Friday stuff at the beginning of November in my email box. And the other part of that was, and this dates back to the kind of the beginning of the internet is if you didn't find what you wanted on Black Friday or thereabouts, you would go back to work on Monday where you had a better computer and faster internet than you did at home and shop online. And that became um, what I think the media started calling Cyber Monday. And then that became another round of sales. And frankly, if you want software, if you can wait another couple days, you're almost always better off waiting for Cyber Monday deals than Black Friday deals. But you only really ever hear about Black Friday. Did I sum that up okay? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and in the process, I figured out what my audio problem was. Oh, good. What was yeah, it? Somebody turned my headphones way up. <laughs> <laughs> it was Aja. It was the dog came in and did that while you were sleeping. I think I'm going to blame it on her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm like, well, maybe I shouldn't have bought software yesterday hmm. mm, well yeah i have a i have a I've, as a lot of people do a love-hate relationship with black friday uh i certainly don't like that i start getting black friday emails on november 1st that's oh, like good i'm still have a candy hangover from from halloween and here comes the black friday specials and i posted it's like, my first meme yesterday did you yeah, I know <laughs> it was she a Black Friday related. No, she didn't like it. I yeah. was out. I was out at the museums all day. I didn't. I didn't really get on. It wasn't social too specifically much. Black Friday, but it was. It was about Black Friday, but it was about plugin emails. On, oh, and yeah, offers Black Friday offers uh, for plugins, and I thought it was kind kind of clever. <laughs> I'm sure it was. You know, I mean, I was laughing at it. I don't know if anybody else was, but 
you know, had a couple boxers and one of them was swinging. The other one was ducking and oh. blocking, you know, and, uh, that was like, uh, I was the one who was ducking and blocking the, <laughs> the, uh, Black Friday plug-in offers. Right now. Uh, yeah. So because <laughs> my email uh, box was just like, it was ridiculous. One thing that's definitely beneficial about Black Friday email specials is knowing who you can unsubscribe from. Like basically you get emails from anybody you've ever bought anything from online ever. And you're like, oh, really? it is a good opportunity. It's just like an unsubscribe list. Yeah, it's like a total. Yeah. Kind of had an orgy of unsubscribe in the last (laughs) week. (laughs) Um. Which flipping that, I did have you know an online acquaintance say that. Oh, by the way, if you want to send out an important email update, now is not the week to do it because people <laughs> are unsubscribe happy, and they'll unsubscribe from your list uh, like indiscriminately because they think you're selling something even if you're not. So that's a that's a gotcha that I hadn't expected, but I took that to heart. I had an email planned. I will send it next week. I, I like that advice. I think that's good advice. But yeah, love hate relationship. I mean. You know, rampant consumerism, uh, generally bad. Supporting small business, generally good. Buying stuff that you were going to buy anyway on sale, generally good. So how did you make out with, um, you know, getting through Black Friday? I, I was able to stick to my plan pretty well, which is I have a short list of plugins in a doc called Plugin Wishlist. And instead of waiting for the deals to come to me, I around Black Friday will just search for those specific plugins and see if they're on sale. And one of them was, and I did buy it. Nice. I guess I kind of had the same strategy. I have one that I've been planning on getting and, mm-hmm. but it's not a big high priority. Right. It is kind of a plugin, but it's also standalone. Okay. And, um, and it wasn't really related to mastering per se. So it's actually something I wanted for, for writing music. Oh, more fun related, not work related. And yeah. yeah and, and my whole black Friday experience was centered around music, writing and education. Same, except for the writing, but music and education. So the only things I black Friday bought on purpose, meaning, um, was the plug was a plugin that was high on my list and it solves a problem. So it was like, not a, you know, less of a wish and more of a kind of need. Um, so I was very happy to get that on sale and, um, unexpectedly, but happily, um, bought a couple of, uh, small courses that were on sale. I think that black Friday is a good time to get memberships that go on deep discounts and, um, courses like online courses go on deep discounts. Those are definitely things that have a good return on investment. Yeah. And so, our, so what'd you get? What'd you get, man? Uh, there are, uh, well, the plugin is um, Smooth Operator, which is kind uh, of like Soothe. 149? Yeah, oh, wait, usually, no. Soothe was 149. I right. Think, so. Soothe is Soothe is expensive. And Smooth Operator and kind of does sale. the same thing. Yeah, I know. One, it's that, I really, was looking at it. Yeah, it's <laughs> normally 220 something. I don't know. Anyway, it's not cheap. But Smooth Operator does kind of the same thing uh, from a different company. And uh, I think I got it for 30 or 40. Nice. I know they, they've had some revisions to address customer feedback, which is really mm. cool. So they were listening to customers. And, well, that's good. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. So it's kind of like a, it's like a dynamic EQ, but has AI in it. So it kind of does a good job of taming, you know, unwanted frequencies. Uh, I plan to use it for um, vocals that are hard to DS okay. or, or have issues or maybe even guitars, things that aren't necessarily recorded good, but you can't record it well, but you can't uh, easily, you know, like it, like the, <laughs> it takes too long to try to fix it because it wasn't uh, recorded well in the first place. So I, I deal with that relatively frequently. Um, and then the courses are a couple of, um, voiceover related, uh, oh, nice. courses from Udemy, which, uh, in the past I like I've Udemy. had, I've had mixed results with Udemy classes, but, um, these are both by somebody that I respect. And so I'm looking forward to taking those. Nice. And actually, I think that one, I think that that came through, uh, as an email from somebody that I subscribed to on purpose. And it was a course he was offering and uh, found another one while I was on there and they were really cheap. So do you have accidental subscriptions? Uh, I definitely do. Um, you know what I used to, I used to have two email addresses, one that I would use to sign up for contests and whatnot. And one that I would just use for regular. Right. But, uh, I never checked the one that I signed up for contests and I missed a lot of stuff that I actually wanted to to see <laughs> incidentally. And so now I just use my main Gmail email address to sign up for contests and mailing lists, knowing that, um, I have a habit now of unsubscribing from any list that I don't open three times in a row. I see. Yeah. And you so know, uh, I'd Gmail, rather know about it. My you know Gmail what? app has been giving me little notifications. It's like, Hey, you haven't opened this email for the last three times. Would you like to unsubscribe? Oh, I like that. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah, I do want to unsubscribe. And so I'm I'm just kind of letting Gmail do its little algorithm thing there and and uh, see how that works. Oh, you know mine does that too, but I usually beat it to the algorithm these days. <laughs> Cuz I'm like, yeah, you know what? I've I've not been opening this guy's email. I'm just going to unsubscribe. And I know that sometimes I'll end up resubscribing to the same list like the next time I sign up for something or want to want their um what do you call it? Their freebie, you know, their loss leader, whatever you call it. Uh, I just kind of feel like Beat it to the algorithm is is a good song title. <laughs> not not a bad one, yeah. It should be a funk tune. Yes, definitely a funk tune. <laughs> I'm picturing, you know, play that funky music white boy style. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So what else what else uh what else do you have uh regarding Black Friday? You have mixed feelings about it, you like it, you hate it. Trying to well, it's not like I'm overly tempted for anything, and I have come into this season, and much like last season, with an idea of what it was that I'm interested in, mm-hmm. and and then you know as I was perusing you know ads, I, I don't didn't really respond as far as any emails. It's just like turns me off. But yeah. when I see stuff come up in like in my Instagram feed or something like that, that's interesting. I might look a little further, mm-hmm. but I didn't buy anything there and uh because it just wasn't anything coming up that was in my plan i did go out to the plug-in alliance site unadvertised just to see what was going on oh yeah they had a they have like a three-part sale going on right now i just been taking a look there just in case and but I, i don't really have any plan to buy anything there and i uh i bought tune track easy drummer Oh, good. That's a and, good program. And I bought a couple uh, MIDI expansion packs. Nice. And oh, for Tune for Tune Track. Yeah. Cool. And because yeah, because the Tune Track 
Easy Drummer was on sale for like $69. Nice. And it's like, okay, sweet. That's the best price I've ever seen it at, actually. And and then like 25 bucks or 29 bucks for a MIDI pack with so I got like whatever comes with with Easy Drummer plus another like 800 grooves. Nice. Uh, with those two MIDI packs and uh and no idea how to use the thing. And so I've just been kind of watching videos and started messing around with it a little bit. I, I just want to play around with it and build grooves and see yeah. if any inspiration comes out of that, you know, and because I don't really have much experience programming drums at all. So it'll be kind of a fun thing to do and mess around with and see if I can use it as a compositional tool as well. Yeah. Sounds like a fun weekend project. Yeah. And That's a good point that you had, though, about knowing what the normal price is so that you know how much of a deal you're getting when it goes on sale. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. If you have something in mind, it probably something that you've been looking at for a while and uh, kind of following stuff. And and I really wasn't, you know, like I, I've got everything I need. So it is just a matter of what would be fun or what would be interesting or helpful in some way. And, yeah. uh, and so that was kind of my mindset on it. And then education-wise, I went out over to Victor Wooten's website and found an old video that he had on there for uh, how to play one of his songs, which is going to take forever. And <laughs> like, I figured at a minimum, though, I, I might learn some cool, you know, a few cool licks out of it. Yeah. You know, I was listening to the song, and you know, I've been listening to the song for a long time. Um, you know, uh, you, know you can't have no groove if you if you ain't got no pocket. <laughs> and right. I love that song. <laughs> and the baseline in it, I mean, it's it's doable, but it's like I don't know about you. Have you ever played like much chords or strumming on bass before? Not a lot, no. So it's something I've never done. And so just right off the bat, it's like, wow, okay, I'm going to learn how to strum some chords on bass. And you know, so it immediately was learning something. And you know, I'm like, awesome. So you know, just a, a another 15 minute segment to add into some practice time on a daily basis and just sort of work on stuff. That's cool. Take it as it comes. Yeah. I, I find with bass, like I'll do a fifth chord every once in a while, but I feel like there's, there's so much, you know, there's so much, you know, volume there with the, with the, the low frequencies that when you add more notes, it just, it's just, it can be too much overtones. Yeah. Well, I guess with the six string, it's a little different. Oh, maybe. Yeah. And uh, voicing chord voicings actually work out pretty good. And yeah, part of part is he's avoiding like his uh, his low E string and stuff like that. Oh, okay. To keep it from getting muddy, you know. So he he's really on his four string bass. He's only playing the the top three strings chords, and he's doing so above the twelfth fret, you know, on those chords. Oh, voices. okay, that makes sense. Yeah, they'll be cleaner that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess those low frequencies must overwhelm the high ones if you play below the twelfth fret. Yeah, all that all that low all that low energy down there. That's probably why it sounds muddy. Yep, but uh, you know, he's like, "Well, there's no rules. You can certainly hit that low E if you want to." You know, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. Yeah. But anyway, that makes sense. So that that was pretty much it. Not that hugely exciting. I've just been I've been keeping my eyes on some hardware and seeing what's going on there. But that uh, really none of the stuff that I'm looking at has any substantial sales or anything like that yeah i want to say hardware may have a um smaller profit margin to begin with i wonder yeah like boutique like audio hardware whereas a plug-in you know it's like you know the whole the whole uh 
the pharma thing, you know, the first pill cost a million dollars and every <laughs> pill after that costs, you know, a fraction of a penny to make. Right. Well, yeah, once the software company develops the plugin, uh, you know, apart from engineering updates or bug fixes, they can sell as many. There's no inventory. They sell as many of it or as little of it as they want. It's the same thing. So waves, like I was going to say, waves and plugin alliance are like constantly on sale, uh, even if it's just a revolving sale. So their Black Friday deals are not as exciting as as something like say sound toys which rarely goes on sale and uh you know you get really good deals on black friday if you're into sound toys plugins yeah you know i've oh i've wanted that little altar boy thing uh vocal processor from sound toys for go get it it's on sale right years now. man i don't have a need for it. oh well <laughs> <laughs> but it's really cool you know yeah. for, uh as a vocal processor i think it's one of the cooler it is cool. Plugins I've used it. Got out there, and but yeah, so it's just like yeah. I don't see yeah in mastering. I don't see when you would use it, but I, I use mean, it in mixing. Would I use it for podcasts? Maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Very rarely, I imagine. <laughs> um, now on the flip side, their you know their flagship. Uh, I think I mentioned this last time we talked about their flagship plugin decapitator. Oh yeah, which you know all the big pro mixers love decapitator. Um, it's normally, I think, I don't know, it's normally 129 or more above that. It never goes on sale less than $69. So even when it's on sale, it's still kind of pricey. And I have the slate version, so I don't I really need it. I saw the Eventide uh, 3000 is on sale. Hmm. Be kind of a neat plug-in to have. Yeah, I think I have the slate version of that as well. But, but enough um, of that. I'm not interested <laughs> in buying plugins. Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, wait, that's I when, just got my neural DSP. Okay, that's one that I'd like. Dope. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like the idea. And I and now bear in mind that I used to be a sucker for Black Friday sales and just buy stuff because it was cool or seemed neat or was really cheap. And so, you know, when something's cheap, of course, you got to buy it because it's on sale, regardless of whether you need it or ever going to use it. But having a short list of stuff that I want and then searching to see if it's on sale rather than waiting the sales to come to me has, has worked out pretty well. Yeah. Well, they, they've got that, uh, that neural DSP, uh, just the email just came in oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they've got sales on their archetype plugins and I really like that Pliny edition. It's really cool. I like his tone. And, uh, and then they've also got the dark glass for bass, which is like <laughs> really I was just looking at that. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, it's like, what is it right now? 69? No, it's cheap right now. I'm not going to look. <laughs> I was looking at that this morning <laughs> going, because it's on my short list. And I'm like, but I, do I really need it? Yeah, Dark Glass Ultra from Neural DSP. Yeah, I literally looked at it this morning. It is on sale for half price. Uh, I don't need it. But well, what, what is it normally, 99? Um, well, I'm going to look. <laughs> and while I look, I wanted to, to say something. We were talking about waves and I didn't know this at first because, you know, we had kind of surmised that waves update plan, uh, kind of negates the whole, the sale price. You get something cheap, but then you have to pay for it later is kind of their model. Yeah. And, um, every year, and I've gotten some really cool plugins this way that I'm very happy with and use all the time. But every year now for the last several years, they've given away a free plugin on Black Friday. And it serves two purposes. One is to get you to sign up for their email list because you have to sign up for it in advance in order to get it, right? And then they tell you what the plugin is only on Black Friday, okay? So then you get your free plugin 
But eventually, A, eventually you're going to have to update that with the Waves update plan. Um, Is the, the other L2 thing, on sale? Uh, I'm not sure. Dark Glass Ultra Neural DSP is on sale right now for 49.50 euro. Ooh. So half price. I know. It's tempting. So that's like 60 something in US. Yeah, I think it's uh the exchange rate right now is like 0.7 something. Um the other thing is if you are like me and kind of cruise along with your Waves version 10 or 11 or whatever, you know how they they rev the versions every so often. <laughs> Whenever you download the freebie, it's inevitably at the most recent version. And then you have to get their, then you kind of have to run their updater. And then inevitably it kind of wants you to upgrade all of your plugins and some of them will work and some of them are expired and you can't update them. And then you have a mixed bag and it it can become a thing. So I guess what I'm saying is (laughs) buyer beware, even if it's a free plugin, especially from waves which I, I don't want to bag on waves they make good stuff but uh, there is a hidden cost to yeah. to waves and well, the, the L2 that'll make itself on sale apparent. for 30 bucks yeah and it's usually on sale for 60 bucks and its normal price is 2.99 yeah i've had it so long i don't even remember what i paid for it but it's a good plugin you know what it's you know what it's really good for i don't actually use it too much uh in mixing or mastering although i'll occasionally throw it on a like a guitar bus or something it's really good to put keep on your master bus when you're mixing to turn on and see kind of like a quick and dirty master level did every is does everything sound good at master um uh, master volume and then you can adjust from there it's also a good way to get a a quick and dirty like send it to your client here's where here's what it's going to sound like roughly when it's mastered so that you can hear what it sounds like versus the mix because the mix is always going to be quieter the interesting thing about the l2 plug-in is that the L2 hardware, which was back in the early 2000s and you know, uh, 2010, it's, you can still get them used, was a digital hardware unit. Oh. The, the L2 plug-in is an exact replication of the hardware unit. Exact, I mean, the algorithm's exactly the same. I see. And so it sounds exactly like the hardware. And it has some limitations compared to the hardware, but you can you can overcome those limitations by using two instances of the plugin <laughs> and having one left, one right, you know, and then I can't remember exactly what that is, but it's not the, it's like a finishing limiter or maximizer. Mm. And, okay. and it does, it's usually used at no more than like half a dB, maybe one dB of limiting at the most, because it gets kind of foul sounding if mm-hmm. you, if you use it much. So most guys will use that at the very, very end of their, mastering chain and have already done limiting before that but just left it with another half a db or so to go because the thing sounds so fantastic in that 0.5 to 1 db limiting range it like does some mid frequency i don't know it just gives a little bit of maybe it's a little saturation it's a little bit of dirt into the mids Hmm. and uh, and it gives the mids some it just enhances them in a really nice way and, I'm going to try that. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't usually ever get used by itself. Yeah. As a standalone limiter. It's it's only like a little finishing touch type of thing. And that's why it was so popular. It wasn't popular as a, as a one end all brick wall limiting solution. You know, it, it was just that final touch thing that it was so good at. That's why people still use them. 
But I think there was a time when people were using it as a as a as a brick wall limiter, and that's when you kind of got that two thousands crushed sound. Yeah, yeah. People overused it. It does use it the wrong way. Really aggressive that way. But what about the L one? I I still hear people talking about the L one, and I never used it. Yeah. So I don't know what the difference is. Yeah, I I don't have any experience with that. The, The thing is though, with limiting, I keep thinking, oh, I'd really be neat to have a hardware limiter. Well, one. There's very, very few hardware limiters out there that that are specific for that, like a maximizer type of uh, okay. uh, limiter. And and the ones that there are, the limiting compressors are really expensive for that particular use, and they are not transparent. And right. so unless you want to have that uh, color added and use it in that way, that's, that's cool. But uh, for me, it's really important to have just an absolutely transparent final limiting yeah and i don't know that i'll ever not use a plugin for that because i think that they just do an just an incredible job of not letting you know that they're there (laughs) yeah they certainly can you know just just to do their thing and make sure that the peaks and and everything are under control and and not adding anymore you know uh, i just i want to do the adding or coloration as something intentional Right. At a step before that, you know, and just have that be like the final gatekeeper, making sure there's not going to be any peak clipping, you know, for, uh, you know, for when rendering, yeah. you know, and going to MP3 or whatever. And, you know, and having that, uh, that peak clipping occur as a result of the rendering process, you know, that it's just a protection for that. Yeah. I always have a clipper. On, I mean, uh, yeah, I always have a clipper on the end of my chain after the after the limiting and maximizing just in case yeah just to cat not for anything other than just to literally and i've named my preset um uh stop overs <laughs> yeah and it's literally just for anything that i missed or anything that didn't get beaten down but i'm gonna try putting the l2 after that and see what it see what it sounds like yeah just go real easy on it and like i just, said just, just a touch just, just a, a touch, touch and, just to have it there and listen for the what happens to the the mid range, you get a really neat thing happens with with the mid range on that. Okay, yeah, that's a good tip. Now I'm now I can't stop thinking about that dark glass ultra. I don't really need it. I don't need it, but it sure is on it. the sales. The stop that. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I heard good things about it. And I've what do you think? It. Should I get the Pliny? <sighs> get the what? The archetype Pliny edition. It's What's a really that? Oh, that's the neural DSP amplifier and effects processing for the guitar player. Uh, oh. His name is Pliny, and I really like his tone. I've been looking at that for like a year. Oh, I see. They have all these. Oh, okay, I didn't. I know. I didn't. Yeah, they got at like their other stuff. Of Bossy and yeah, all kinds of stuff. Gojira. Yeah, I'm not that familiar. I just uh, I just saw it in a video. Somebody was because somebody was breaking down their tone in a in a mix um, like a, a mix baked breakdown video, and this was how they got one of their tones i think it might have been static x or something and, and that's the thing the, the tones are so filter. good so i think i think these with neural dsp are like the best sims available oh you're killing me man I'm, i may download the free trial and see how that works out oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah 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 they're so dang good it's crazy i'm gonna blame you i'm gonna send you a bill <laughs> if i buy it oh um, I feel like there was more I was going to say about all of this. Um, it does dovetail into gas, you know, that kind of sense that you get that 
oh, my mix will be better if I had this one plugin. Oh, my tone will be better if I had this one plugin. I need another guitar. I need another pedal. I need another plugin. And then I can move forward. I think we should call it pass. Pass. <laughs> Instead of gas. <laughs> plugin. Acquisition syndrome. Yeah. And, and just pass. Keep yeah, and what what happens is you end up you end up acquiring all the stuff that you don't know very well and you don't have the time to learn because you're always acquiring new stuff. And then if you just dug in and learned how to use what you have, and I'm speaking to myself, of course, um, you can probably do better with what you have than with whatever you were gonna buy and marginally know how to use or forget that you had and throw it away in a year because you're like, <laughs> I never used this thing. <laughs> I just did a big plug-in clean-out I mentioned before. Yeah, you've got all kinds of room now. Yeah, theoretically, yeah. But I did. I do feel good about what I kept. Out with the old. Because there's just stuff, and some of it was free, and some of it I paid for. But, you know, there's just stuff I, you know, you have any that acquired are like, and didn't use. Do you have any that have, like, sentimental value, but you, you don't use them anymore? Yes. <laughs> I do. I do. Oh, I love that one. I, I don't use it now, but I just, I just want to keep it around. <laughs> it's weird, right? It's kind of weird. Well, there, I do. Yeah, I have ones that date all the way back to when I first started mixing and, and producing. And, you know, they're just, they're kind of part so of my psyche. There, you know? Yeah. It's, it's more like, I don't know. They feel like a part of the foundation of, of what I do, even if I don't use them now. Yeah. It's kind of like an ex-girlfriend or something. I don't know. <laughs> At some point, though, they're not going to work. At some point, you know, like when you when everybody went from 16-bit to 32-bit and suddenly, you know, that was a that was a huge pain. And then you go from 32-bit to 64-bit and some, you know, these boutique guys, you know, or these one-offs or they don't update their stuff and now it's gone or they yeah. have a new version. And, and now we've got lo-fi plugins, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We went from, you know, like we went from 32-bit float down to like here – Here's some bit crush. <laughs> it's four bit. <laughs> yeah. I think there, there might be like a whole psychological thing around this. Oh, there definitely is, you know, and you know where it's not necessarily, you know, a healthy, <laughs> I didn't say it was <laughs> kind of, um, a hoarder kind of mentality. Yeah, there is, there is for sure. And at some point it, it wastes your time because you have to look through that. It's like, you know, brain clutter, it's dog clutter. You have to go, do I want to use this? Do I want to use that? Do I want to use this? Do I want to use that? Or what is this? I forget what this is. And it's just like, it slows you down and distracts you while you're, and takes away from your process. Yeah. So listeners, what plugins are you hoarding? Yeah. Good question. What plugins did you buy thinking you would use and then never used? Or what plugins did you used to use? And now you just can't get rid of because it has sentimental value, but no practical value. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I have one that I have a sentimental value. It was a, uh, there's a limiter by D16. Okay. I like D16. It looks so nice. It was beautiful. I bought this thing on looks alone. And okay. Cause it was just like, wow, that thing looks awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the D16 limiter, actually it was free. I don't feel yeah. so bad now. And, and so I, I got the D16 limiter free and I used it like one time and I didn't like how it sounded, mm. but it still looks so nice. I keep it around because it's such a nice looking plugin. Right. And uh, sometimes I consider using it as my limiter, but it's got so much color that, yeah. you know, it just, 
it doesn't work for me and the way that I the way that I work. And then I got I have one other one that I keep around and it's a dynamic compressor. And oh, okay. that one I've used quite often, but I stopped using it when moving over into some new newer plugins, compression stuff that and that that really made it mainstream into my workflow. And then my along with my outboard, I, I don't use that dynamic compressor anymore. Right. The only I use a dynamic EQ. So, but the two, and I can't remember the can't remember the name of the uh, dynamic compressor. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I can see it. <laughs> you know, I'd have to like search for it, find it now. But I know it's still in there, and it's one that I wouldn't delete if I ran across it because it was actually a really good plugin. I've had a few of those where you like it doesn't sound the way you expect, or or you're like, oh, this is not doing what I thought it was going to do, or it doesn't sound the way I hoped it would. And sometimes uh, digging into the manual or watching a couple of videos, you, you realize that you it might be designed to be used differently than you thought it was. Yeah. And like instead of, say, putting it on your track, you put it on a send and you send to it or you change the gain structure or you put something before it or after it. And then it be, then it performed or you or you really like power gain into it so that it starts doing what it's supposed to do. Like sometimes they're designed to do things a little differently and then you'll get the effect that you wanted and i've had to do some experimentation and sometimes it's still in the end not worth it because it still doesn't do what you thought it was going to do but (laughs) yeah um it's sometimes it's worth if you really thought you were going to like it or you paid a lot for it or or uh you're really disappointed sometimes it's worth digging in and uh seeing what you can do with it and using it maybe a little differently than you thought see the dynamic eqs and dynamic compression those to me serve like a a surgical purpose of Mm -hmm. being able to isolate and then compress a certain frequency or range of frequencies and the same thing with booster cut of eq and with the eq it's got some added compression and that's kind of what happened so i had this other dynamic compressor but then i came across the uh tokyo dawn oh yeah dynamic eq and it sort of replaced that dynamic compressor because I had, right. rather than you know focusing on specific frequencies to compress, I could I could grab specific frequencies and EQ them and compress them if I wanted to, you know. Right. And so another tool kind of took over what the way I was using that previous one, but the previous one worked so good. Yeah, is, you know. And the question is, well, Doug, why do you still have it on your machine? <laughs> do you ever do session recalls of you know like? Like, do you ever keep stuff around because you think you might have to recall a session from two years ago? To uh, do yeah, something but with? that's not, it never happens. Yeah, it never happens. And uh, <laughs> I think at some point I archive everything and, but I have no intention of like reopening and, and working in, in a two-year-old session. Yeah. Picking it up from where I left off, you know, I would, I would start a new session. Yeah, that's And fair. in fact, you know, I probably... It would be kind of cringy, I think, to go back and, yeah. you know, <laughs> I, I, oh, I want to really, really redo this one, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. You would anyway, too, because, and I always keep, I do keep stuff around, uh, not indefinitely, but semi-indefinitely. And I know that when I open it, it's, oh, this plugin's no longer installed, or, oh, this, this plugin doesn't work because it was revved so many times that now this old version is never going to load, or whatever. But by the time you open up a session that's that old, you have a new workflow and a new toolbox 
And you're not going to want to work with those old tools, oh, tools again anyway. You've got a new room, different acoustics. <laughs> all, I mean, I'm here. Totally all that. You know, everything Everything has changed. Nothing's the same. It. Uh, I, I can't imagine having that actually occur and having someone go, could you go back? Yeah. I, I don't think I'd do it on my own volition. I, you know, it would be as a... No, no. I mean, and if somebody, somebody requested, I'd, you know, I'd be like, no, why don't we just take the original mix files and, yeah. and do it again? You know, because we could do better right? <laughs> than whatever uh, time ago and, uh, or different. And, you know, cause yeah, my workflow and the, you know, I mean, I'm hybrid and outboard and analog versus then, you know, was completely in the box. So, I mean, everything's different. So let me put it this way. So let's say I used to have my first, uh, my first power drill was a Makita, right? So I had a Makita drill and I had a 12 volt battery and those batteries don't last forever. But, you know, at one point I upgraded to a kit that had a DeWalt drill and it had an 18 volt battery and it had better torque and it had hammer capability. And it was just an all around better drill than my Makita, which was passable. And I did a lot, made lots of projects with my Makita drill. But at some point when I had the DeWalt, I no longer needed the Makita and I knew I wasn't going to use it again. So I got rid of the Makita drill. And I only use the DeWalt. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So just because... Have you miss the Makita? No, I don't miss the Makita. I don't wish that I had it around. I do wish that I had a second DeWalt. Because <laughs> sometimes... I've got my old Makita in the bottom third drawer of the, the cabinet. I've been there <laughs> since since I, I got the Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah, see? Okay, so are you sentimental then about tools? It was my first Makita. There you go. And that's why you have the old plugins. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't keep newspapers. And... I'm not saying your order. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying it's 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 not unusual to be sentimental about tools. It's and in keep the them designated around. junk drawer. <laughs> there you go. We're all allowed one drawer. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Just one. Just one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. That's not a bad idea. You know how you can organize your plugins into folders. There could be a junk folder, and then if you know you're not going to use it, maybe stick it there for a while. The thing and is, if it it's stays like there a, for a while. With a junk drawer, you have limited volume of storage True. space. Once you can't open and close the drawer, it's time to clean it out. <laughs> <laughs> with a hard drive, yeah, it's 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 so harder you to... could set up a partition with a limited uh, amount of storage area. And... Oh, now you're talking about it. diminishing levels of return immediately. <laughs> that much work, <laughs> just just delete it. <laughs> You won't miss it, probably. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm just going to delete right. stuff. Like I said yeah. last year, around this time, I'm deleting all the plugins that I don't use. Yeah, Did you do it? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> I did, although I kept most of the installers. But I got rid of <laughs> It's one of those time-consuming things that I'm just like, I know, never take time to do. And, and it's, it's, it's not envisioned because it's, it's in a file directories that, that I never even worry about, you know, and it's oh, so they're not loaded into your digital audio workstation. Uh, no, I've got some filtering on plugins, so I don't actually oh, okay. even see them, but they're still there. And yeah, really, I hardly ever search for plugins because I have a session template that I bring up that has right. everything that I use in it and, yeah. and just everything that I use in it set to default disabled but it's just there. So I don't have to search for it. Oh, so you don't add stuff that's not already in your template. No, unless I need to, 
for like some you reason. Don't go, oh, you know what? I could really use this other compressor in this. Well, I probably already got it loaded. Situation. So, oh, I see. You know, I've got just a list of the the stuff that that so I. So you use. really could delete like eighty percent of your plugins, like anything that's not in your template. You could probably just get rid. Well, of I it. think that's a conservative estimate. Ninety-five <laughs> percent. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but if you don't see it and you don't wade through them and your your DAW doesn't load them at startup then your incentive to do that really is very minimal. Well, I, I would say that my DAW, well, I, I do have filtering on, but my DAW is loading a lot of plugins. Mm -hmm. Maybe I could speed up my loading. I don't know, but I don't see them because unless I go search for them and they're there, yeah. you know, so if I need something on a whim, uh, it's there, it's in the, the loaded plugins. And yeah, but like I said, you know, and so the list that I have in my template, it may change. I get either a new plugin or a, a plugin that I haven't been using that all of a sudden became useful. I, I mean, I had a, a stereo tool mm -hmm. and I got a JS oscilloscope and I've got a, a an analyzer, like a signal analyzer. Uh, yeah. Um, and I use those for utility things. So those are, you know, I never use those oh, I see in saying. production, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but I use them if I need, you know, I'm tracking down some noise or, or something. Yeah, along that's those different. Lines. That's different. I feel like. You, those guess, you have around they're yeah. utilities they're utilities they're not you know audio plugins to me they're utilities yeah so pretty much i've got like a bunch of trash that's hidden <laughs> in your storeroom <laughs> you got a hidden storeroom full of newspapers <laughs> we're just gonna put this over here out of sight out of mind <laughs> oh too funny okay this is a really long show we need to yes wrap. it is a long much longer than i thought it was gonna be because <laughs> I, I don't want to edit I'm, gonna, I'm cutting half this out man <laughs> Well, you'll That's cut half good. the show, but you won't cut out your plugins. Okay, I see. I see how you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I've saved every show. Do we ever? Are we ever going to need just Doug's side of the recording? I know? delete those. <laughs> I keep the MP3. I delete all the other audio. Files. I got it all, man. You know, <laughs> the problem is, is that I have like virtually unlimited storage space here, and I, that is a problem. Yeah, it's so like ga gas filling. Gas fills the volume of the container that it's in. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of uh, like that. Anyway, hey, listeners, anyway. We, we love you. <laughs> we love you. We, we hope love you're having so a much. great Thank you so much. holiday season. Yes, hope you had a happy Thanksgiving and transitioning into the the merriness of, of the Christmas and... Hanukkah. Yes, thank you. Um, it's escaping <laughs> me. And all those other ethnic holidays that we'll have upcoming, we want you to enjoy and and uh, find peace and, and have fun with your families through this season. And well thank said, you for well listening said. to us. Yes, thank you very much. And uh, like, share, subscribe, and enjoy yourselves. Don't eat too much. Don't spend too much. <laughs> Get some rest. <laughs> All right. Take care. Cheers. Cheers. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Indie Music Podcast. Please like and subscribe, share with your friends, or just leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you've heard. Find our social links and episode guide at IndieMusicCast.com. Until next time, keep creating. I thought that was going to be a much shorter episode. <laughs> <laughs>